How many of you are ready to get into the Word of God tonight? Amen? Well, so am I. We're going to be, of course, in the book of Daniel. We're looking at prophecies yet to be fulfilled. How many of you are thankful that the Bible is a book of prophecy? Amen? Uh, we get a lot of questions on To Every Man an Answer that I do several times a week. And in case you're wondering, you hear me say that, and you know, what are you talking about? Well, I'm on a national call-in show um, at least two times a week, but lately three and four times a week. Um, you can count on Tuesday and Wednesday every week, uh, but sometimes they ask me to host, which I did Monday, and I hosted it, and I went solo, didn't have anybody with me. And that's when you better have the Holy Spirit with you, because you get calls from around the country, Bible questions, and if I don't know, I just have to say, I don't know. And uh, so we flew solo Monday night, but then last night and tonight was on uh, with a, a host. But anyway, we take, we're on from five to six in this area on 91.3, everybody say 91.3, FM. Now there's 90.9, that's KCBI. There's 91.3, that's KDKR. That's the one that we are on every single day. Then there's 94.9, and that is all Christian music. Then there's 100.7, and that's uh, the Salem uh, station, the Christian station with some sales stuff on it as, as well. I mean, we're Christianed out in the Metroplex with radio. But 91.3 is a really good station, 100,000 watts. And if you tune in from 5 to 6, you'll, you'll hear... Myself and someone else taking Bible questions from around the country. We get them from Hawaii. We get them from New York. We get them from Chicago. Um, we get them from everywhere. And we answer those questions. So it's a great, great uh, outreach and ministry. But one thing we get all the time is questions about the future. Questions about Bible prophecy. Book of Revelation. We never have a show. There's not one question about Revelation. So tonight, we're going to be looking at what God said about the future yet to be fulfilled. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word tonight. We pray for your blessing on it, your peace on it, and open to us the scriptures that our hearts would burn within us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And welcome to everybody watching online. We've had a bump up in the number of people watching online on Wednesday night since we got into Bible prophecy, so that's a good thing. So all of you that are watching online, good to have you with us, and we're going to be tonight in the second half of Daniel 7, and I'm going to talk about the Antichrist and the Great Tribulation. The Antichrist and the Great Tribulation. Now, if you don't know what those two mean particularly, you want some, some, um, somebody to expand on that, that's what I'm going to do tonight. Now, last time, we closed halfway through chapter 7 of Daniel, with Daniel having a vision of Jesus Christ returning to the earth. Can you believe that centuries before Jesus came, Daniel had a vision and a dream, not of his first coming as the baby in Bethlehem, but his second coming. And that's how powerful prophecy is. Because I told you last time, God sees the end from the beginning, Right? God sees the end of something before the beginning even starts. Now, that's a mind twister. It's very hard for us to comprehend that because we think in finite ways. We think uh, so everything has a beginning, everything has an ending. You do, I do, the chair you're sitting in does, this building does. 
everything in this world of time and space that God created, that you can see, hear, taste, touch, and feel, um, and smell, God created with a time limit on it. Everything erodes, corrodes, ages. If you've looked in the mirror lately, can you give me an amen? Amen. I know the ladies particularly have a hard time with that, but you know what? The Bible says beauty is fleeting, and I'm going to tell you everything in this world is fleeting, except Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Now, did you know that the Holy Spirit living inside of you, this is what Paul said about it. Paul said, the outer body is dying, but the inner man is being renewed day by day. The inner man is the only thing on earth that is not aging. Okay? It's being renewed day by day. All right? It's being renewed. It's not, it's not downgrading. It's upgrading that the inner man. So there's a little second law of thermodynamics that says that everything in the world is winding down. It's rotting, rusting, deteriorating, degrading everything. That's the second law of thermodynamics. That's why evolution can't be true. But that's another topic altogether. But here's the deal. Uh, And it's called entropy. Entropy is true for everything but your inner man. Because your inner man is not decaying. Not rotting, not corroding, not rusting, not downgrading. It's upgrading. It's getting newer and newer. It is being renewed day by day. That's your inner man. So your inner man is defying entropy. That's not even in my nose. That's just coming. I'm just wanting you to know that. See? So there's a part of you that isn't aging. Everybody ought to say amen. Amen. All right? Now, let's, let's just read what Daniel saw when he saw the coming of Christ. Daniel 7, verse 13. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, that's Jesus, coming with the clouds of heaven. That's Jesus. John the Revelator described the same thing. Jesus in Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, described the same thing. And Jesus came to the Ancient of Days, that's God, And they brought him, Jesus, near before him, God. A lot of personal pronouns in there, but that's essentially what it says. Now, Daniel next witnesses Jesus Christ receiving total dominion over all things. Folks, how many of you are so glad that we are not always going to be in a world of Republicans and Democrats and libertarians and politics and the whole mess, wicked rulers despots, dictators, totalitarians. One day that's all going to end. It's going to end through Jesus Christ. Verse 14 of Daniel 7. Then to him, capital H, Jesus was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is a how, how long is the dominion going to be? Everlasting, which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, the one which will never be destroyed. Never be destroyed. This came on the heels of Daniel seeing four beasts. All right? So verse 14 comes right on the heels of Daniel having seen in a dream in the night visions 
four great beasts that we've talked about two weeks in a row. They arose out of the earth and they were symbolized by a lion, a bear, a leopard, and the fourth beast was more like an incomparable monster. So unlike the others, he's not symbolized by any earthly animal. The other ones, God picked an animal and said, this coming kingdom is going to be kind of like this animal, like Greece. He compared it to a leopard. We know that Alexander the Great was took over the world with the speed of a leopard. It was prodigious the way he took over the world. One after another, after another, after another. He, he took most of the known world. It was amazing how quickly he did it. And then died when he was about 34 because he was hooked on alcohol. You can be brilliant and make stupid decisions. Amen? You can have a high IQ and live foolishly. Because you know why? High IQ doesn't mean you've got any wisdom. There's a lot of people that have a high IQ, but they don't have any wisdom. You want wisdom. You want wisdom. That's what's wrong with our universities, and I, I digress, but let me just say quickly, our universities, they have a lot of knowledge, but they don't have any wisdom. There's no wisdom. They reject God, reject Christ, reject the Bible, reject a lot of history. They're more and more becoming essentially indoctrination centers and not colleges, but there's no wisdom. We want wisdom, and let me tell you where we get wisdom. He is our wisdom. He has become to me, Paul said, the wisdom of God, all right? So wisdom is when you see life through the eyes of God, and there's only one way to do that, and that's by knowing your Bible better than you know the back of your hand, because the more you know your Bible, the more you're going to see life, living, everything having to do with living, finances, morals, everything. You're going to see it through the eyes of God, and you're going to make decisions according to the wisdom of God. Now, Jesus' kingdom is never going to be destroyed. So he, Daniel sees these, these four creatures. And we saw, real quickly, recapping that the lion represented Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar. And that's the kingdom Daniel was living in when he received these night visions. But the bear that he saw coming that would replace the lion uh, represented the Medes and the Persians. And we know, we looked at how the Medes and the Persians came and took over Babylon in one night. In one night, they overthrew it. And it was an amazing fulfillment of prophecy. And then Daniel said, but then I see a bear or rather a leopard coming. And that leopard, as I just said, represented the Greek empire under Alexander the Great. And that's exactly what happened. The Greeks took over the Persian Empire, just like Daniel saw. Isn't that amazing? Does that blow your mind? You know how hard it would be to predict what's going to happen five minutes from now? Much less 600 years down the tunnel of time. If I said, hey, you predict something accurately that is significant, that's going to happen one week from now, and it came to pass, you got my vote. You're a prophet. Right? But you didn't get it from you. Because the only one who can do that is God. Because God stands outside of time and looks in. Okay? And he sees the beginning of history. He sees the end of history. And he sees everything in between. And he can tell you what's coming because are you ready? He's already there. 
And are you ready? He's not only already there, he's here. And are you ready? He's not just here, he's back there. He, he sees all of history in one glance. And he says, here's what's coming. Give me a case of the no-nods tonight. Are you all with me? You get it? Everybody say heavy. It's heavy stuff, right? Especially after a long day at work and here you are. Your brain's already half scrambled. Now you're trying to follow this. But watch this now. Now, and then we know that the fourth beast, the one that he was compared to no animal, was the Roman Empire. Now, as we continue through chapter 7, verse 15 begins with Daniel, greatly troubled with what he has seen. I mean, he is bothered by it. I mean, he has seen some things that, like I said before, Steven Spielberg could never think up. All right, he has seen things, major visions. And he's really, really troubled about the fourth beast, the fourth one, because there's no name for it, no symbol for it, no explanation for it. And it was horrible, awesome, huge, destructive. And so he says in verse 15, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit within my body and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near to one of those who stood by and I asked him the truth of all this. Now, the one standing by, we don't know who it was, but clearly it was an angel. We know that much. So he told me, and he made known to me the interpretation of these things. So whatever angelic being was standing there, Daniel went to him and said, what does this mean? And this angel said, all right, let me explain what you just saw. Verse 17, those great beasts, which are four, are four kings which arise out of the earth. And Daniel was living in one of them, Babylon. The other three are yet to materialize. But not only does God show Daniel what's coming, but he describes something about their personality and character by comparing them to certain animals. You know, like God looks at a nation and he says, you know, this, this nation is kind of like this animal. If I was to describe this nation, its, its ways the way it handles things, its strength, its personality, uh, I'll compare it to this animal. And God did that with three of the four. He knew what was coming, not just what was coming, not just what was going to replace the nation that was there at that moment, but what it would be like, what would characterize it. Only God can do that. Can you say that with me? Only God can do that. Right? Do so you think God doesn't know about you? And, and he knew when you were going to be born. He knows when you're going to leave this planet. Do you think God doesn't know that? You know, I always say, God never says, well, I'll be. Never. <laughs> never. He never looks at anything. He says, well, I'll be. No. He says, I already knew it was coming. All right? So now, moving on. In verse 18, Daniel continues with an encouraging word about the saints in the last days. And that means you and me, because you're a saint. Verse 18, but the saints of the Most High shall. Everybody say shall. So we already know this is prophetic. This is future. Shall receive what? Read it with me. The kingdom. And possess what? The kingdom. For how long? Forever, even forever and ever. So he's gone from talking about four world empires to an empire that is never going to end. 
And he says that every saint of God is going to possess it. And how long are we going to be there in that kingdom that will never pass away? We're going to be there forever. It's an everlasting kingdom. We're going to be everlasting saints living in the everlasting kingdom. It will never end. So shall we always be with the Lord, Paul wrote. So shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. We will always be with the Lord. Always is a long time. I used to worry about it. I used to think, what in the world am I going to do forever? How many of you get bored easy? You get bored easy? I need to be challenged, right? So, so when I was young and I didn't have a very good concept of heaven, I used to have the picture, you know, floating around in some cloud playing a harp or being next to an angel playing a harp. And I got to thinking, I get sick of that cloud and sick of that harp in one day. What am I going to do forever? What am I going to do? What are you going to do forever? Forever is a long time. You know how long it means in the Greek? Forever. Nonstop. Eons upon eons, ages upon ages, never ending. Never ending, never ending. That's a long time. But that's what he said. He said, the saints of the Most High are going to receive the kingdom, that is Jesus' kingdom, possess the kingdom forever, even forever, and then he has another ever. Now this happens when Jesus Christ returns to establish his millennial reign on earth, the thousand-year reign. Verse 18 tells us, through it all, we win because Christ wins. Now, next Daniel turns his attention once again. He's bugged about this fourth beast. It keeps coming back to him. He, he's, he says, man, I'm not getting enough clarity on this fourth beast. This is chewing on me. Please, what about this fourth beast? Verse 19, then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with its teeth of iron, its nails of bronze, which devoured broken pieces, trampled the residue with its feet. And then he goes further in what he saw. He said, he had 10 horns on his head, this fourth beast. And then another horn, the other horn, which came up. So it made 11, which, uh, before which three of the horns fell. Namely, that horn, which had eyes and a mouth, which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. Now, notice, of the 10 horns, this 11th one pops up, and Daniel says he's the only one that was animated. This is the only one that was doing anything. It was talking. And it was like a man, had a man's mouth. So the Spirit of God is showing Daniel this little horn, this other horn that, that, that really grabbed his attention on this fourth beast. He said, this little horn became like a man. So the Spirit of God is telling me that this little horn will be a man. And so what, what is up with this, this, this beast, this fourth beast and the ten horns and the, the little horn that is like a man and, and his appearance is greater than his fellows. In other words, he was more impressive. This little horn was more impressive than all the other ten. Something about this little horn stood out. Even though it was smaller, it stood out. Greater than his fellows. Now remember the ten horns, if you were here last time. 
represent 10 nations because a horn is always about authority in the Bible. So we're looking here at more than likely 10 nations or 10 kings. 10 um, areas of authority, 10 things carrying authority like a king or a nation. And they have evolved out of ancient Rome. Now follow me, this matters big time. We know they come out of ancient Rome because listen to what John says, because John saw the same beast. John saw the same thing. So God, by the Spirit, has confirmed this vision to us twice, giving Daniel and giving John the Revelator, one Old Testament man and one New Testament man, the same dream, same creature, same vision. So there's no doubt that this is coming and yet to be fulfilled. But we know, we know that it was Rome because here's what John said. The seven heads of the beast system are seven mountains on which the woman sits. That's Revelation 17, 9. And only Rome is known as the city of seven hills. Only Rome. So we got Rome, and, and by the way, this is where John was when he wrote. He was on Patmos, but he was still in the Roman Empire. Most of the apostles were martyred by Rome. Only one lived to old age. Rome killed them all, and then Rome died out. And you remember I shared with you a couple of weeks ago that if you look at the history of Rome around 425 to 440 A.D., Western Rome, which is where the apostles had been and the church had been in Jerusalem and all that, was gone. But Eastern Rome, which was in Constantinople, went on for another thousand years, but then it died. It went down. It went away, as every nation on earth does. There's not a nation on earth that's going to last forever, not one. America's not going to last forever. England's not going to last forever. China's not going to last forever. There's no nation on earth that's going to last forever. There's only one that will last forever, and it's on the way via the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? But now, watch this. Rome passed away, but here we're being told by Daniel and by John and other parts of the Bible that we'll look at later, that Rome is going to be revived. This ancient Rome, the character of it, the residue of it, um, it's going to be revived. Well, how can it be revived? Well, it's got to come up out of the old Roman Empire. Because of Rome's location, these will very possibly be nations in some kind of a European Union. A European Union. Everybody say the EU. Now, they used to read this, Bible scholars, say three or four centuries ago, and, and they couldn't put all this together. But now we have this advantage. We've been around, or, and we're here on earth at such a time that we have seen the old Roman Empire begin to be revived right in front of our eyes. How, Pastor Jeff? Well, did you know the European Union of today consists of 27 countries? 
But that doesn't mean anything because anything can happen and it'll be whittled down to 10. But 27 countries, and you know that what was called the Treaty of Rome is what birthed the European Union? The Treaty of where? Rome. So now you've got the European Union. Uh, you've got all kinds of nations as a part of it. They have their own uh, money. They have their own economy. Uh, they are a part of Revive Rome. They're right now. Daniel still wants more understanding of this fourth beast and the ten horns. He's particularly intrigued with that little horn which appears amongst the ten. He says in verse 21, I was watching, and the same horn was making war against who, everybody? The saints. And prevailing against them. Now, So, so this little horn now ha has taken center stage. The ten nations have gone into the background. The beast has gone into the background. The, the scarlet beast that John talks about in the Revelation has gone in the background. Now, Daniel is just focused on this one little horn. And what is this little horn doing? He's blaspheming God. And he is making war, declaring literal war only against one kind of person. The saints. The blood-bought, spirit-filled, redeemed church. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Paul, over and over again in his epistles, called you and me saints. Now this means that for a season, the little horn, who is the Antichrist, is going to greatly persecute God's people, the saints. And it will look like he's prevailing against them. Now hang with me. This will happen during what is called the seven-year Great Tribulation period. The book of Revelation primarily focuses on that seven years. That's what most of Revelation is about. The Great Tribulation, now I'm going to tell you where I stand with this. I believe before the Great Tribulation, the church is going to be raptured out. Because I don't believe that we have been set aside for wrath. Because the Bible tells me we have not been set aside for wrath but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I believe the church is going to be taken out. All right? The dead in Christ shall rise first, and those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Caught up together. Everybody say caught up. Harpazo is the Greek word for caught up. Harpazo, and it means seized with force. That's what it means. Seized with force. So we're not going to just kind of float up, playing a harp, boo, you know. No, we will be seized by force. Like Enoch walked with God. He's just walking with God one day. This is a type of rapture in the Old Testament. Enoch, here he is. He's just walking along. He walked with God. It says he walked with God, and he's walking along, and suddenly he was not. Not he started floating up, but he was not. In Corinthians, Paul said in the moment, in a moment, in the twinkle of an eye. The word moment is atomos. What do you think we get from atomos? Adam. And it means a moment of time you can't split. 
in a moment. In a moment. In a moment of time, a moment of time so fast you can't split. We will be, we will be forcefully seized up. You really believe that, Jeff? Well, Jesus got up. He's the first fruits. He's the first fruits to be resurrected. And uh, yes, I believe it. I believe, I believe that because I believe in a God of miracles who is not subject to natural law. Of course he can catch the church up. In, the, in a moment's time. Boop. We're there. Boop. And, and we're there in the clouds and there's Jesus. Yes, of course I believe it. Well, I don't know about that. Well, then you don't know about the Bible. Because if you, if you have trouble with that, I mean, it says it in plain language. We should not all sleep. We shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. The trump will sound and the dead in Christ will rise first. Okay? So, now, then I believe Antichrist will come on the scene. I don't have time to go into the scriptures, but I can quote it to you. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul says this. He says, he that restrains will restrain until he is taken out of the way. Now, restrain what? He's talking about the Antichrist in 2 Thessalonians 2. Paul's talking about the Antichrist. And he said, his appearance on the world stage is being restrained by a capital H, he. And when the capital H, he, is taken out of the way, the Antichrist will step onto the world stage. But he's being restrained until the he gets out of the way and lets him step onto the stage. Well, who's the capital H, he? It's the Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit manifest on earth? Through you. Primarily through the church. Hello, everybody. How does anybody ever hear about Jesus? Through the church? Uh, how does God move in the earth? Through the church? How, how does revival fall by the prayers of the church? Did not Jesus say, you're the light of the world, you're the salt of the earth? Of course, salt preserves something from decay. And light chases darkness. So when the church is taken out, there's no more restraint on the darkness rushing in. And Antichrist will step onto the world stage. And then the seven year, he will quickly cut a peace treaty. Let me just zip through this. He will quickly cut a peace treaty with Israel. Daniel talks about this, and we'll look at it uh, in a week or two. But little, I'll give you a little uh, notice, a little, little teaser here, so it'll whet your appetite for what we're going to cover. But the Antichrist will be the one who finally brings peace in the Middle East. He will cut a peace treaty with Israel. And when he cuts that peace treaty with Israel, then you can know the great tribulation has begun. First three and a half years are going to be, oh, wow, isn't he wonderful? Isn't he incredible? He's solving the problems of the world. He's solving the economy. Uh, he's brought a one-world currency. Everything is so much easier under our hero, under our guy, under, under Antichristos. But they won't see him that way. They'll see him as a political genius who solves the problems of the world the first three and a half years. 
But after the first three and a half years, he will walk into a rebuilt temple. He will walk into the Holy of Holies. And he will say, according to Paul, this Second Thessalonians 2, you can read it. He will say, I am God. The Jewish people who have trusted him can't believe their ears. And all hell breaks loose on earth. Because they realize we've been had. He is not what we thought he was. And if he thinks we're going to worship him instead of the God of the Old Testament, the God of Moses, there is no way. And he turns loose, the Antichrist does, against the Jewish people and persecutes them in a way that will make Hitler look like playtime. That's the great tribulation. The signs of the times, in my humble opinion... And I'm just, hey, I, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm a normal guy. I read my Bible like so many others. But if I read it closely, and I look at the signs of the times, it indicates to me that we're on the threshold of this terrible season. I can see the, the, so many signs lining up. So many. And, and it's going to re- release a, a time of unparalleled carnage on the earth. But the church... The redeemed won't be here. The world will be plunged into a period described by John as the most horrific in all of human history. We're going to see 21 judgments fall down from God. The seven seal judgments, the seven bowl judgments, the seven trumpet judgments. Uh, They will fall down from God. And actually the bowl judgments are the last ones. The trumpets are the second ones. Seals are the first. By the time you get to the bowl judgments, they are the worst of all. And this, this world becomes almost uninhabitable. The good news is, follow me, that people are going to accept Jesus as Savior even during the tribulation. You know why? Because God's a God of grace and mercy and he's a good God. So I want you to know that people are going to, don't say to yourself, well, hallelujah then, I'll just wait till the tribulation and get saved. No, no, you don't want to be saved then. You want, you want to go up with the church. You don't want to be saved during the tribulation period. You know why? Well, let me just tell you first how it's going to happen. People will be saved under the ministry of 144,000 Jewish preachers. I like to say Jewish Billy Grahams ministering the gospel in this dark hour. You can read about it in Revelation chapter 7, 1 to 10. Read about them. 144,000, 12,000 Jewish men from each of the 12 tribes of Israel will be preaching the gospel all over the world. Second, Revelations 14, verses 6 and 7, describes how close to the end of the tribulation, a very special angel will be sent on a crucial mission to circumnavigate the world. The gospel angel will share with every person alive the good news of Jesus Christ. Let me read it to you. John says, Then I saw another angel, singular, flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, every tribe, every tongue, and every people in every time zone, on every continent, this angel will go saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. And every human being on earth will hear from this angel. 
a supernatural, and, and you know, it just makes you want to tear up and weep at the goodness of God. Because here's people in the middle of living hell, and they have rejected Christ, rejected God, involved themselves in every manner of sin. But God's going to send an angel that reaches the whole world. At the same time, a great persecution is going to be unleashed against tribulation saints. During this terrible time, they will not be able to buy or sell because they refuse to take the mark of the beast. They will essentially be persona non grata. They will be unaccepted and unwelcome in the Antichrist culture. And they'll be hounded day and night by the evil system put in place by the man of sin, the Antichrist. If you get saved during the tribulation period, good, but it will be tough going on earth. Now let me talk about the mark of the beast for just a moment. The vaccination is not the mark of the beast. I hope I didn't pop any bubbles in here, but if I did, it needs to be popped. Because it's not the mark of the beast. You know how I know that? Because the word mark comes from a Greek word from which we get tattoo. So it's something that you'll see on the back of the hand or on the forehead. It's going to be visible, perceivable, the mark of the beast. It's, it's tattoo. It's something that will be tattooed. A shot, it's in and out, and, you know, you got your shot. But that's not a mark. This is a mark. This is a mark that marks you. You never get it off. It's permanent. And it's like, of course, again, 400 years ago, we would read about this and go, wow, how in the world is the whole world going to be marked? But now, in modern day technology, we know how. Yeah. And, and the number of his name is 666. Well, that's easy. Well, here's one possibility. I don't know for sure. But three sets of six digits could mark the whole world. Six, six, six. And each of the combinations would be unique to the person. In other words, every person would have a unique combination. But, but you can mark the whole world with 10 digits of phone number. With 18 digits, what can you do? You can mark the whole world. And it's something that will be put on you where there's no longer any currency. It, do you know how fast right now the world is leaving currency? And everything is going to credit card and digital transfers, that money is becoming passe. There's some places you can go into. There's restaurants you can go into. They will not take cash. They want your credit card. They won't take cash. Well, my money's not good enough for you. No, I really want your credit card. Well, what's wrong with money? Well, we just don't do money anymore. The day will come when this man, Antichristos, Antichristos, OS ending, that's masculine in the Greek language. Greek language is very gender conscious. It's either feminine, masculine, or neuter. Antichristos is masculine. And, and it's, so it's not neuter, so it's not talking about a thing, it's talking about a man. And so this man, when he finally sees his power, the world's going to be ready for somebody to set in motion a cashless society. 
It's already going to almost be there. He'll just seal the deal. Because we're getting there now. And so you got to get the mark. And he says, because you won't be able to buy, watch this, or even sell something. You won't be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. So you'll go somewhere like, you know, what I think the vaccination is, is a type and a shadow of what will come. You know, we're, we're getting conditioned now to be mandated to do things with our bodies, right? We're getting mandated. Now it's a mandate. You may lose your job. You may lose uh, your ability to go in and get hospital care if you haven't submitted to the mandate. Now I hope I don't go too far here, but I'm gonna, I gotta say something. Um, it seems to me that this mandate now has become more about submission and control than it has health. That's the way it seems to me. Now, if, if you got the vaccination, fine. Hey, I tell everybody, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I'm, I'm never going to stand up here and say, don't get that thing. Look, it's up to you. Unless it was, you know, going to kill you immediately, then I might say something. But it's up to you. But watch this now. There's something has switched in our culture that now this mandate to, to, to threaten you with being kicked out of the service, dishonorably discharged, which is the latest thing, to lose your job as a fireman, as a police officer, uh, in, a, in a corporation because you don't get this thing. When, hey, I'm an adult. Can't I make up my own mind? Can't I decide whether or not I want a vaccination? But no, now it's this mandate. And there's something that has entered into this that is beyond just getting a vaccination to keep you healthy. Now it's more like, will you submit or won't you? And see, to me, that's conditioning. And it's a type and a shadow of what's coming because one day the ultimate mandator will mandate that you get a mark. Here or here. And I think it could be Six or three sets of six digits, and with 18 numbers, you can mark the whole world. And you'll walk into a store, you won't need anything. You won't need credit cards, you won't need cash, you won't need to take your, well, you need your driver's license, unless they do away with that too. But you, you'll need that. But otherwise, you'll just walk into the store, get all your groceries, and go zip across a reader, a scanner. And it goes immediately to your bank, withdraws your money, and off you go, whistling Dixie. You have submitted to the system. And if you don't do it, look at how many people won't do the vaccine. Look, the army is about to lose tens of thousands. Seattle has lost a huge slice of its police department. Uh, uh, Portland as well. And other major cities are losing officers, firemen, who are refusing. So there's going to be some big swath of humanity during the tribulation period that are going to say no to this mark, or else it wouldn't be in there warning them. And when they don't do it, they can't buy it, and they can't sell something to, to 
put money in their bank where they can go and function in society. They have to other people go to the store for them. I know this is heavy stuff, but I'm telling you, this is what's coming. And, and is this hard for us to see? No, this is easy for us to see right now. I can just see some charismatic, political, genius type that the whole world has fallen in love with. Lord, we're in this celebrity culture. I can so easily see the world falling in love with some guy on the political scene. And he'll say, look, we, can't we all just get along? And if we're all going to get along, are you ready? Ready? Let's just become one great big world. No more borders, no more sovereignty, national sovereignty. Let's just become one big, happy, unified world. And for us to make this happen, my dear citizens, we, we need to have one currency. But why mess with credit cards that can be stolen or any of that? Why don't we just all get a number? It'll make everything so simple. You won't have to remember to take it with you. All you have to do is go into the store or the bank or wherever and just go across the scanner and it's all done and we can all be singing kumbaya together. <laughs> and anybody who goes against that is not worth living in this incredible world that we are creating. Boy, have I gone off script tonight. <laughs> but, but I want you to see it because it's not so hard to see now. 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, this was real hard to see, but not anymore. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop because I, I, there's more, but I can't cover it tonight. I, I know I've already overdosed you. So let's stand together, can we? But just closing out, Daniel was so intrigued with this little horn, right? And now you jump into the New Testament. Jesus warned about the abomination of desolation happening. Well, that's done by the little horn, Antichrist. Paul talks about the Antichrist, the man of sin, the man of lawlessness. So Daniel sees him coming. Jesus warned of the abomination of desolation he would commit. Paul warns about him. And what did John say? There are many Antichrists already in the world. The spirit of Antichrist is already here. The man hasn't appeared, but the spirit of Antichrist is everywhere. Antichristos. I am against Christ. How many of you have encountered that spirit? Oh, man. Get into an elevator and talk about how much you love Jesus. See what they say. So it's coming. And how many of you are thankful we're going to be with Jesus? Yeah. All right, let's lift our hands. Lord, we just thank you for your blessing. 
we thank you for being with us tonight. Lord, we look at these truths in your word and they just leave us speechless. Your word is awesome. Your Bible is awesome. We give to you the future. We give you these events that are yet to appear. These prophecies yet to be fulfilled. We pray that, Lord, while we are still here and we're still in the age of grace and it's still the church age, that you would help us to reach as many as we can, as fast as we can, in as many ways as we can. In Jesus' name, amen.